0: You're listening to beyond infinity your weekly dose of science and technology presented by me piers cunningham
1: and me john young
0: g'day john young fellow presenter of beyond infinity good to be chatting with you even though we're both in isolation and working from home
1: Yeah, good to be back on, Piers. It's uh, a difficult time, but uh, good to be uh, catching up, even if it is like this, yes.
0: Yeah, indeed. Well, look, it it seems to work out okay, so uh, let's get stuck into it. We've got some interesting stuff to get through today. First up, I thought I'd talk about Ancestry.com. This is a service that's been around since 1996. You would have seen it. It's been advertised extensively on television and commercial, free-to-air TV and elsewhere, promoting its surface to trace family lineage for people and to allow you to establish your genealogy so that's kind of where the, the service started out as and it used records and it used resources like libraries and, and other existing services which, which sort of people could get to themselves but Ancestry provided a centralised way of doing all that and built up a database
1: <laughs> over time. And it's a US-based service, isn't it? I mean, I know that it covers across the globe. I think uh, you can access it here in Australia and other countries, but it is mainly US, isn't it? Yeah, that's
0: right. It's headquartered in Utah. It is international. It's got its own quite sophisticated Australian presence, including an Australian website. It has changed and evolved over time. So it started out as a service to trace your family history and genealogy. Then by the mid-2000s, it expanded into DNA testing. It now offers a service which screens for hereditary conditions and illnesses. And, uh, so,
1: so you send across your DNA to, in a sample kit, yeah? Yeah, like they that's send, right. They that's send right. something out and you like take a swab of your cheek, I think it is, and you send that across to them and then they can analyse that data, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so I'll, I'll come to it, but yeah, you're right. They have um, home DNA testing kits, which they send out to you and then you take a swab or you use that kit to sample your own DNA and then you send that to them and that gets incorporated into their database and then they can compare that with their records and give you confidential information uh, about you know, family illnesses that may have um, applied, say, in, in past generations, which might affect you in the present or might affect your children, recessive genes, that sort of thing can skip a generation. So mm-hmm. uh, it's become more than just a way of, of tracking down your family tree, a lot more than that. The reason why we're talking about it today is because it has just recently been bought by a very large private equity company called Blackstone, which is a real serious behemoth. It's got $560 billion in assets worldwide and apparently is sitting on a pile of $156 billion in cash in US currency. It's wow. also, it's also the, the world's largest real estate owner, Blackstone, and uh, has interest in healthcare, hotels, entertainment, and is defined as an alternative asset manager. Private equity companies often buy things up, turn them around, improve businesses, apply their management expertise, uh, and then sell them on for a profit. That's one of the ways mm-hmm. that the private equity works. So there are concerns that have been raised by people who are already users of Ancestry and who've submitted information about their the genetic makeup to the company they're now finding that oh well it's not just in the hands of ancestry.com an established company which we which we have a relationship with it's been bought out by a very big company which may have may have other designs and other other plans for this treasure trove of genetic information Yeah uh,
1: because doesn't ancestry when they take that uh, that data they're storing that on their records so they've got they've gained access to you know your Uh, you know, biological information, your history, your DNA. And wasn't there some controversy some years ago where there was some concern about what they were keeping and how they were storing it and the potential for uh, misuse or harm of that data?
0: There are a lot of people who've submitted data to them. Uh, There's 18 million people in its DNA network and 3 million paying subscribers worldwide. Now, Ancestry have always said that they don't share and won't share uses genetic information um, with insurers employers or third-party marketers because obviously if an insurer was to find out that you your family had a genetic illness they may be unlikely or or reluctant to insure you or they may penalize you through higher premiums Mm. Uh, employers in the us they often provide insurance not separate private insurance as we as we're used to in australia and and they certainly don't have medicare the government support network, a health system that we have in Australia uh, and a lot of other countries as well. So employers having information about um, possible genetic illnesses, that again can have consequences for someone's employment prospects potentially if they're seen as a risk to a company because it's going to cost more to insure them. Ancestry says it won't share your data with third-party marketers uh, unless you specifically allow them to do that. There are concerns that this information, Ancestry.com, has may be used in a different way. Now, I have to say that Blackstone and Ancestry have both said that they have no plans to do that. That the user agreements, the privacy policy, all those sort of um, you know the legal agreements that apply between the users of Ancestry.com will not change, have not changed, and will not change. Just because Blackstone has taken ownership, but there are questions about exactly why you know given that they're not going to change those policies on what happens with people's data why then has a very large profit focused and profit driven organization like blackstone wanted to buy ancestry exactly. which is which yeah. is actually which is actually part of an industry that is experiencing slower growth in recent times and, and I guess one of the sort of fundamental lessons that comes out of this is that regardless of what happens with your, your data being perhaps used in other ways that might breach your privacy and might have consequences for you, which were unforeseen when you submitted it to Ancestry.com, it does underline the, the reality that by submitting any, any information of this kind to a, a company, to a, a commercial company, or even a government for that matter, uh, and we do that with Australia, we have um, you know over 50, you start getting tests for bowel ca- cancer, a free test. Uh, that's sent to you by post in Australia and uh, you do a stool sample and you send it back to the government, they then have some, uh, some information about you and they test to find out if you're, you're going to be susceptible to bowel cancer. So it's a health service, mm. but it is a government, mm. government that's collecting that information about you. And I guess Blackstone's acquisition of Ancestry.com does underline the fact that when you submit information to any organisation, government or private, there is a chance Uh, that that information can change hands. Particularly in the private sector, companies get bought and sold, mergers and acquisitions take place, and thereby the data gets transferred from one entity to another
1: and when it comes to the issue of you know privacy and confidentiality if if we you know we've talked about this on the on the program many many times but if you look at for example a bank account if your bank account gets hacked then uh, okay you might lose some money initially but the bank may be able to assist you and replace that money you're able they're able to give you new logins to different you know to to new accounts and, and, and assi- essentially assist you there now, if you have your biological DNA information uh, stolen or t- hacked or taken from this company or sold on in a worst-case scenario, you can never change that. that. That is part of you. That's who you are. So that if it, it gets leaked out onto the web and then all of a sudden you're being targeted for particular medications or you're unable to gain access to certain things, as we've talked about in terms or you mentioned before about insurance reasons... Mm then you can't change that. There's no. There's nowhere to go. There's no one going to be there to support you. Are there any regulations surrounding right. this? Should well, the, I was yeah? just,
0: just about to come to that. Yeah, there is. It's partly in response to people's concern about this, but regulators in America have got a thing called the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act, or GINA. Uh, now, this came into law in 2008, and it's designed to protect Americans from discrimination based on their genetic information in both health insurance and employment. These are not absolute watertight controls, but they do offer some protection to consumers and to the users of and contributors to databases like Ancestry.com. Just quoting from the National Human Genome Research Institute's webpage, genome.gov, for those who are interested in looking it up. "'GINA prohibits health insurance from discrimination based on the genetic information of enrollees. Specifically, health insurance may not use genetic information to determine if someone is eligible for insurance or to make coverage, underwriting or premium-setting decisions.'" Furthermore, health insurers may not request or require individuals or their family members to undergo genetic testing or to provide genetic information. So there are some protections that exist. It has to be said that, that Australia would probably have its own set of regulations which are different to uh, to those that uh, that I've just been referring to. So has the
1: acquisition actually taken yes, place yes, yet? Or it or has, is, yes, yeah. it
0: has. Blackstone's bought Ancestry. So they've paid uh, $4.7 billion US dollars to buy Ancestry and its trove of DNA data, that takes their ownership to 75% of the company. So there's still 25% that's owned separately to Blackstone, but obviously that gives Blackstone a controlling interest in that company.
1: Mm. Uh, I, I guess, and one of the one of the things that has just popped into my mind, I mean, think about if, if I submitted my DNA to Ancestry.com, because we share a lot of DNA with, with my immediate family members, does that mean that then essentially that the insurance companies, if this information was stolen or sold or leaked for whatever reason, also know information about you know my siblings and my parents based on my DNA as well? So I wonder, you know, you know how far out that that travels and how many connections there are that can say, well, because this person here has this type of you know problem or issue or or, or you know sequence in their. Uh, genome or DNA, then uh, what that then means for siblings and parents and and children.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's a very valid concern that you've got. And I think that's precisely the sort of thing that Gina is, is setting out to protect against. And it's the reason why there are people who are already, you know, part of that at 18 million people in uh, Ancestry's DNA network from around the world who are concerned about that exact type of leakage of their very private information. I mean, you think about how we've talked a lot about facial recognition technology and how it's used in places mm-hmm. like China to basically control people and to monitor their activities and you know, control their, their uh, ability to do things based on their behavior, that social credit system they have in China and so on. Well, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's that biometric data that's being collected about people. So you take it another step, an even more detailed step, you know, not just your fingerprint, not just your face ID, but, but your actual genetic makeup and how that applies to you and your bloodline, so your children, your parents, your siblings, and generations behind you. It's very sensitive information. It's the most fundamental biometric information that exists on a person. There is a quite a well-known example of a serial killer. Now, this is an, where this kind of information was used to solve a crime and to catch a, a serial killer. Joseph D'Angelo, he was known as the Golden State Killer, who was caught because a relative of his, who was not connect, connected to his crimes at all and unaware of his crimes, submitted DNA to an open source database which was accessed by the police a match was made to his DNA that he'd left at a crime scene, and they caught him and locked him
1: up. Yeah, right. I so, think I have heard that before, actually, yeah. yeah. and It's it's very interesting because, you know, look, it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, crime, but I, I'm thinking more on sort of the everyday use. Like, that's great that they can catch somebody in that situation, mm. but it's, it's also, you know, more for the average person. You know, I'm thinking of the insurance of the future, which you've already covered. I mean, imagine, look, we're in a terrible scenario right now with COVID across the world, and... In some countries, they've had to look at who they can admit and who they have to turn away based on, I think in Italy, they were turning people away who are over a certain age because they didn't have the beds, the capacity there to support those people. So does the future look like not only bringing in your insurance card and your ID, but your DNA, your genome sequence that... Allows for that hospital to then determine. Well, it's not worth us bothering um, to to try and fix you up because based on this, you've only got a few more years to live. You're you're likely to get certain types of cancers. You're you're likely to have these kind of problems, and therefore we need to help these other people. We can't help you right now. So yeah. look, that's that's a dark thought, obviously, but with the way that you know, the growing populations and across the globe, high costs of healthcare, maybe these kind of things come into consideration in whether it be. Fifty years, hundred years, that kind of thing, or, or potentially even much sooner.
0: Again, I agree with you. I think that these are all part of a dystopian future that, that not many people would want to see. Um, I think it is a concern for people. Whether you're using Ancestry, there are other services like it. There are other uh, other services that offer you, um, you know, genetic testing. Uh... It's like Twenty Three and Me or something like yes, that. Yes, that's it? right. That's right. That's yeah. correct. That is one. I, I, I'm reading up on that earlier today. Uh, And you know, whether it's a government collecting information, whether it's a hospital, whether it's things like My Health Record, which was an opt-in or opt-out service that exists in Australia which aggregates all the information that hospitals and doctors have collected about you through the course of your life and, and for some people they would see that as an advantage to have it all centralised and accessible but there are consequences or there are potentially consequences if that information particularly gets shared with the private sector or or is circulated within the private sector that it might have consequences for you and it might be to do with the cost of insurance for you or it might be the cost of, of you being admitted to a hospital or you mm-hmm. getting travel Insurance, or you know, all these sort of things that are not necessarily readily available right now, but we are in a world that's changing very rapidly, and it has been caused by, by COVID. A way of describing it is that all those mega trends that were happening anyway, you know, instead of taking place over 20 years, that change has been compressed into two or three years, and we're in the midst of that. A big company like Blackstone, big private equity, and player around the world. In the context, I think, it, it, it that we're living in right now, I think that there are concerns, and I think there are legitimate concerns about um, about this sort of takeover. But I guess it's not just Ancestry.com that collects information about you. It's all aspects of privacy. Another example that's raising concern with, with users and with people who are, who are interested in, in, in people's privacy and, and maintaining it, protecting it, Google wants to buy Fitbit. Now, Reading between the lines, just thinking about that, Apple has done very well with its Apple Watch. Now that increasingly is becoming a health monitoring device, so it can monitor your your blood pressure, it can it can monitor your heart rate, it can be integrated with with health applications that that are very beneficial for you. But that information is being centralised to some extent through Apple, and. What exactly happens to it and how far the protections which Apple claims it apply to any data it collects from your Apple Watch about your health and where that goes and any third parties that might have access to that, that's all pretty vital, sensitive stuff for you to know about. And I think that Google, as a competitor of Apple... Uh, wants to get in on that same area. They can see that there's there's uh, a lot of growth involved in, in wearable technology helping with people's health. So there's, mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, as with so many of these things, there's, a, there's a, a good side of it, but there's also potentially a dark side of it. And, and Google acquiring Fitbit would mean that a, a very large big data company that already is into data mining and on-selling data and marketing things to you based on how you use the internet, the searches that you make, what what you do with, uh, with email, Gmail services. Google has also got its finger in in many pies like Blackstone it's got it's got it's involved in health Um, it's got investments in in health startups and what exactly is it planning on doing with the the personal data that it collects
1: through Fitbit who knows. So ongoing security concerns with all of these different providers it is you know every day we hear of different leaks I mean I get emails somewhat regularly or of you know, oh, I'm sorry, your data hasn't been compromised, our, you know, our servers may have been accessed, and we're, we're confident we haven't lost any of your particular data. So it's a breach that might happen with a service that, that I'm connected to. And you hear that all the time. And And some of these companies have really, really high security, but that doesn't, you know, it only takes that weak link. I mean, look at the situation at the moment with a lot of people around the world that are working from home. The home computer networks don't have the kind of security that you may have in an office environment and therefore in a home scenario it may be easier for that data to be hacked and then stolen and lost and sold off um, and used in whatever illegitimate way so we are in a, an interesting time where we are finding that you know we too trust these systems a lot and potentially too much and we don't know what that means yet for when that data is is compromised yes we've had the history of money being lost through bank accounts identities being stolen but what does that necessarily mean mean for health which we've been talking about here today if if you lose your health records through to you know being sold off does that mean that it's impossible for you to get insurance or at a, an extremely high cost in the future we just we don't know these things yet and it is a scary concern for going forward
0: just giving you an idea of the scale and the amount of data that that, that alone has got 20 billion searchable family history records 34 million member trees 4 billion names uploaded to those trees by Ancestry users around the world. 1,000 employees worldwide, 115 million photographs, scanned documents and stories uploaded. It's the number one selling consumer DNA test. It has five times more ethnic regions than any other competitor. The only DNA test with 1,000 ethnic regions. The leading DNA test with over one billion family connections and over six million DNA tests sold it 's an established player it 's been around for a long time. Think of things like genetic editing you know think of things like CRISpr cas nine which we 've talked about, <clears> which is a, a promising and uh, a, again you know some great uh, benefits there in, in treating previously untreatable genetic diseases and and giving hope to people who had chronic conditions, but also open to abuse there've been claims that well, China cloning. had cloned someone, yeah, wasn't right. it? That that was That was the claim. It's yeah. the idea that they're trying to clone a person, or that you, you know, you get parents who choose to select certain traits for their children because they want to, you know, they want to breed the, the most academic or the best looking or whatever it is, you know. They, and these are things that we've never been able to do before, and we've done all right as a species up until now. I mean, we've, you know, we've got a few blips to deal with at the moment, as we've had in the past. But to introduce this very new ability to change. The things that fundamentally make us us and us people the way they are with all those human traits, good and bad, it's a new paradigm that we need to be careful of. And and certainly how that data is treated and respected and looked after is something we need to keep an eye on. I'm not suggesting for a moment Blackstone is going to do anything dodgy but there are questions being raised by multiple people, users and rights groups around the world, which are kind of really asking the question, why? What is it that Blackstone wants to do that that no one else has done? Because, because Ancestry.com has actually already had private equity involved in its ownership over the years. It's another change in the ownership structure of that company. What is it that they plan to do or think they can do that other players like themselves haven't done in the past. Where do, they mm. see, where do they see the profits coming from? Where do they see the benefits to them? Um, mm. Let's leave it there for now. It'll be a story that we'll probably come back to. It relates to uh, other issues that we've talked about on the program in the past, genetic editing, privacy, biometric data protection. These are important issues, and this is part of that story.